Welcome back to another episode of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm Ollie. And I'm Liam. And this is a very special final episode in the series, isn't it? Where we're going to have a look back about all of the things that we've learned this series and just see if there's any updated pieces of news or information about the topics or anything that we've learned since that we could share with everybody. Absolutely. And I'm sure as people know by now, we are not experts in the topics that we cover, but we just want to piece together all of that information and just see maybe what else has come out and been newsworthy and worth sharing with everybody just to get everyone's knowledge all up to date. Yep. So this week we don't have a topic, but we like to call this and another thing. So this week's topic is and another thing. Okay, Ollie, this is it. End of series three recap. We might have some listeners out there. Hopefully they're going to uh, hear a couple of the other topics that we've done and maybe dip into those episodes. Trying to pick up the most noteworthy and newsworthy pieces of information that have come out since we recorded the episodes. Shall we just crack on and pick topics one by one? Yeah, yeah, we might as well. It's been a super interesting series. feel like I've learned so much. And as always, topics have been um, pretty random. Hopefully, people feel like they've been listening and learning along with us. Absolutely. Random is most certainly the word. You know, stuff we've done, cheese, boxing, Nobel Peace Prize, London Underground, Halloween, evolution, the internet, veganism. We read the book, Eat That Frog, a coffee we did this last week, the moon. None <laughs> of those things have got any link to anything else. It's just things we've decided to learn a little bit about. So um, hopefully people are out there enjoying it. Yeah, so I think let's go straight in um, with a, uh, I guess, a sad piece of news. Very, very current, in fact, as, as we're recording this, this is happening right now. Um, Desmond Tutu died, didn't he? Yeah. He was a, um, he was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize, which is why it's, you know significant as far as um, we're concerned. Uh, he he had a big role in sort of trying to abolish apartheid in South Africa, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, he did. Yeah, absolutely. And when we were talking to Carl Henrik. As our topic expert, he was really interesting to, to talk to. And not that it's the Peace Prize can be controversial, but it was just interesting listening to him saying about that's maybe the one where you can give someone a Peace Prize for good reasons and bad reasons might be going on elsewhere in, in their life or in their world. Yeah. I'm not saying that about Desmond Tutu, by the way. Yeah, yeah. But it was just interesting how um, Carl Henrik raised that as a possibility about the Nobel Peace Prize compared to all of the other. Nobel prizes yeah yeah he's actually he's um in what is it called lying in state at the minute Desmond right right now as we're recording this but he uh he said that he didn't want any you know any pizzazz any anything any money spent on him or anything like that. so he's actually laying in like a, a pine wood box oh is um, he state which is yeah like you know he's always fought against the government I think and uh you know that's sort of another part of it but yeah that was sort of you know when we searched up Nobel prize news we didn't actually release that episode very long ago, did we? Only at the start of December. So um, I guess that's the most relevant piece of information that's happened since. Yes. Yeah. Another one that's had a few changes along the way has been the moon. So when we were originally talking about this, this is the one where we we said that we'd finally won our the thing that happened longest ago. It kept on feeling that every time we were doing an episode, the thing that we were talking about seemed to be getting longer and longer away in the distance of when it actually either materialised or came about. But pretty sure we're never going to have something that will beat the moon. 
Do you know, I don't think I've looked at a moon since we recorded the episode of the moon and didn't go something like, oh, well, that's a waning gibbous. And that's a <laughs> <Yeah>. waning gibbous. <laughs> and we're coming up to a full moon and a new moon. And I understand what full moon, all the full moons have got names. And like, <laughs> and trying to work out, right, hang on, what was the way around? If the Earth's in between the moon and the sun, then that means that you can't actually see the moon. Yes. And the other way, you know, that sort of yeah. thing. You know, every yeah. time I look up at it, I just, just that tiny piece of information, just... Yeah, but, absolutely. What, what, what's happened with the moon then, since we've learned about it? So we were talking about that they are now reviving, wanting to put man on the moon. So that was what we spoke about within our episode. And NASA, they've got yeah. this big Artemis mission. And just to remind people, Artemis was the Greek brother of Apollo. No, Artemis was the Greek sister of Apollo. And the Apollo missions were the ones that came out 50 years ago. Um, and so, yeah, they, they wanted to revive putting man on the moon and it's just been getting more and more expensive for them. And it turns out that their idea of sending up people to the moon, they're talking about putting an equivalent of an international space station to be circling, circulating, orbiting the moon. It's going to cost a yep. hundred billion dollars to get this, this program fully functional Ooh. and off the ground and thinking that they'll have it operational within the next 10 years they were supposed to be having their first unmanned flight going to the moon on the 1st of feb but that's been pushed back till april later on this year okay okay the the idaho national laboratory on november the 19th came out and mentioned that they're trying to put a durable high power sun independent fission reactor on the moon within the next 10 years and that they're asking for proposals about how it might go about happening Basically, if, if you can create a, perhaps a nuclear reactor, it has to fit in, in a rocket. So it needs to be no bigger than four meters by six meters. It will be assembled on Earth and then launched to the moon. Yeah, and then that should help space travel, I guess. So, uh, well, yeah, that was it, wasn't it? So we, we were saying about in the, in the moon episode that they reckon if they could have a base on the moon, it would then allow them to then more easily go out and venture further into space by having this um, stopover, having this service station. Yeah. Yeah, a little, yeah, yeah, a little yeah. way out, and also it's apparently if you can then set up on the dark side of the moon, you can then make sure that your your telescopes and that your your communication in trying to reach out out into space isn't getting blocked because doing it from Earth it gets yeah. blocked by the moon. Yeah, yeah, and there's water on the moon, isn't there? Or they think there's water on the moon, and if there is, then they can create oxygen and rocket fuel and things like that. So if they can get this fission reactor up onto the moon, um, I guess. Yeah, that'll that'll make a change. You told me telling me something about China. Yeah, to to the moon sooner, right? Yeah, that's right. So it's almost like we're having this a a new space race taking place. China are trying to play it down a little bit, saying it isn't a space race, but they brought forward their plans to go to the moon and set up their own lunar base, which were previously scheduled scheduled for twenty thirty five to twenty twenty seven. So they've they've shortened it by a lot, and it's. Basically, it's like a bit of a land grab, it seems like. There are some really rare materials and stuff on the moon, sort of like naturally occurring, apparently stuff like titanium. And then there's something called helium-3, which is an isotope in the soil, which will allow them to then power their, their nuclear fission reactors. So there's there's a real reason why people want to get up there and try and grab the land. And so there's there's a bit of um, dispute going on between China and the US about this, this space race kicking off. Seems quite common that that happens. I went into a bit something else that I'm surprised we didn't talk about when we did the moon episode. I watched a trailer for a movie 
or film. I don't know why I said movie. I used to live in America. That's probably why I said movie. <laughs> the film's called Hollow Moon, right? It's by Roland Emmerich, the director. He's made like Day After Tomorrow, um, 2012, Independence Day, like disaster movies. Yes. Yeah, anyway, yeah. the plot of the film is based off of a conspiracy theory that the moon is hollow and that it is actually a spaceship or some sort of alien craft. So then I went <laughs> off reading about this crazy conspiracy that the Earth, that the moon is not all that it's meant to be. Is it crazy? Yes, it is crazy. <laughs> One of the main things they say is Apollo 12, apparently they crashed part of Apollo 12 into the moon as it took off, like they released part of know, their rocket fuel or something, part of the rocket. When it hit the moon, apparently the moon rang like a bell for hours on end. So the conspiracy goes that there's only a thin layer of crust or craters and that underneath that is, is metal. Yeah. And it's yeah, a yeah, spaceship yeah. or something like that. So yeah, apparently I, I then looked into this as well once you'd mentioned it to me and they're saying it's that it is an alien spaceship with aliens living inside it and they're like ancient astronauts where they're looking at Earth and deciding what they should be doing with Earth is what this, uh, this hollow moon theory is all about, all spaceship moon hypothesis. Yeah. Yeah. It was first mentioned in a book by H.G. Wells in 1901, though. So that's quite a long time ago for somebody to go, nah, that's not a real moon. That's a, <laughs> that's a spaceship or something. So, um, yeah, there's like another thing I read is uh, that apparently the craters aren't right. Like the craters, the, bo- the bottoms or the base of the craters on the moon are really flat, where they should be like curved like a bowl. Like okay. It curves on the edges and then it goes flat because it's obviously hit the metal part and it doesn't go all the way in. So you've got like a crater around the outside. I don't know if this is true, but. Feel free to go and Google the hollow moon hypothesis because it's pretty crazy. That is interesting. That, that Talking about aliens and them possibly coming to Earth, that probably links us nicely into our preppers episode that we did, where if there's going to be a, a doomsday disaster and aliens were then going to start wiping us out, we know that the people who would be in the best situation would be Wes from superessaystraps.com and uh, all of his pals. Yeah, we learned, didn't we, of prepping, basically. This was your choice, wasn't it? The Your Choice, Ollie's Choice episode was, um, you know, just just being ready for something that might happen. And, it, you know, that might be civil unrest. It might be zombies. It might be a tornado. It, you know, anything. It could be COVID. Um, you know, just being ready, having stuff in your garage to be ready for if this, this all happens. It um, all sort yeah. of felt a little bit overwhelming. Like, when we were speaking with Wes, I remember... He was saying, oh, if you prepare for a zombie apocalypse, which he'd said is never going to happen, but at least you're prepared for the worst outcome. So, you know, yeah. you're, you're super well prepared. But the detail and everything, like all the planning, everything that they've gone into in terms of meetup points, what you need in yeah. your bag, what happens after yeah. 10 days, what happens after 15 days. It's like, wow, there's so much information to take in. And all I was thinking was along the lines of the beginning, just have a few was it water purification tablets and a few extra tins of yeah, beans? Cut the tins of chili in a can. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I spent five minutes trying to get over the size of the knife that he showed us. You know, <laughs> this is what you need. Like none of you, you can't. We can't get that across in a pod. It, it was massive. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but but uh, on a much more serious note, though, there have been and there there is going to be increasing numbers of tornadoes and things, aren't there? Um, and Kentucky, for example, in America, just back at the start of December, they had a huge tornado with dozens and do- nearly 100 people dead. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's that sort of thing that, you know, you, you joke that it's going to be zombies, but this sort of thing does happen. And, yeah. you know, if you know if you know a tornado is coming, 
and you've got a go bag as we learned about you know perhaps you could avoid it if you were ready for it maybe yeah if you've got your inch bag i'm never coming home bag that you, yeah. you you've got that prepped and ready yeah and it seems that I mean, we, we covered weather a few series back didn't we and just saying about how extreme weather is increasing all the time but there's there's things like i was reading about that antarctica's got a huge glacier called the thwaites glacier and it's about okay. the size of florida or great britain so this is oh, wow. a pretty enormous glacier that we've got out there and they were saying that that could account for about four percent of an annual global sea rise should that then come away from where it is at the moment and start melting into the sea which apparently only over the last few weeks scientists have been saying it seems more and more likely that that is actually going to happen and it'll put a real risk and strain on a lot of coastal communities and low-lying island nations um because the the flood levels will will rise they better get their go bags ready then yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, definitely well you you were telling us about the bunkers weren't you which the place that they'd picked was was it point x which was right, yeah, it's like in, right the in the middle yeah it's the center of everything so but i'd read as well another thing they, they think there's going to be more tornadoes in in more cities um the way global warming is changing the weather that there's more and we learned that like you said we did learn this in a previous episode there's going to be more hurricanes and more tornadoes in more cities so you know people that won't have had to deal with it before probably might need to so it didn't list some of the cities as well it, with this glacier and with the tornadoes they were saying about cities that seem to be more at risk will be new york beijing boston and tokyo so yeah maybe if maybe from one of those go back and listen to the prepping episode yeah okay well yeah go for it um another thing we learned was all about the london underground that's very recent wasn't it that was only a couple of weeks back and that was your choice um, that was my choice. And I just had a quick Google because, you know, not a lot will have changed, we don't think, since then. But I did find this lovely piece of news about a six-year-old boy called Lewis Wing. And do you know what 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 he is famous for? No, 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 go on. He's the youngest person to have been to all 270 plus stations on the London Underground. He's wow. only six years old. He's now been to every station. He loves doing it, apparently. His, his mum said that they live near the Jubilee Line depot, so his love must have blossomed from that. Um, and he said, I like trains. They're awesome. So, uh, <laughs> Fair enough. He's, uh, yeah, possibly the youngest person to have visited all the stations. But yeah, the London Underground episode was good, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really good. Let's get back in touch with Craig Glenday, the editor of the Guinness World Records, and see if um, the little man can be included. Yeah, I wonder if that's true. Um, but yeah, good episode of London Underground. Again, it's one that I actually then ended up in London just over the holidays, just a week back. And just as the tubes are going around, you're sort of saying, oh, right, this one's probably a cut and cover method because it's the uh, the Metro line. And then, uh, you know, that sort of thing, you know. So uh, interesting. Get, give it a listen if you haven't. Nice. There was only a, a really, really brief update on the Evolution episode. And it was right at the very start where I said, and our topic this week is evolution. And you said, well, first of all, I call it evolution. You call it evolution. Which one is it? So I did a little bit of looking into it. And it turns out that evolution is the American way of saying it. And guess which one of us said that? Me. Oh, what? You. 
Yeah, I used to live in America. I don't know if you all know this. Washington, <laughs> D.C. Evolution. So, yeah. so evolution with a, a evolution is the American and the UK version, British English is evolution. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. Talking, talking about Americans, we, uh, we've been on an American podcast, haven't we, since the episode, since, since the series aired? Yeah, it's quite exciting. We had our first interview that we, we had for us, um, appearing on someone else's podcast. We did the topic of veganism and we managed to speak to the people that run the Plant Powered People podcast, um, lady yep. called Michelle Kane and, and lady called Tony. And they kindly invited us back on because we said that we were going to do the vegan 30 day challenge. Yeah. So we learned all about veganism for an episode and then decided off the back of it, you know, give it a listen. It's mind boggling. Some of the facts about it and the reasons for people going vegan nowadays, Um, you know, not so much animal cruelty, more for the environment, things like that. But we said we'd give it a go, didn't we? Yes. Um, you went at it full bore and went vegan from day one. I went at it step by step and started cutting out things on a week by week basis until uh, four weeks I was completely vegan. Um, and then we went on to the Plant Powered People podcast and um, talked about our experience. So that should be coming out in the new year, right? Yeah, yeah. I think early early 2022. So we'll we'll share links and everything for that when it does come out. But yeah, it's something that yeah stuck with and it, it seems like an interesting Interesting thing. I wonder if people listening now are thinking of doing Veganuary, which is something that we mentioned at the time, yeah. didn't we? Very true, very true. I'd, another thing we mentioned in our pod that I then just had a little look see for was about when you're vegan, you need to, you can be vegan as far as is, is appropriate, wasn't it? Um, Practically and, possible. Yeah, that's the word. Um, and I, I'd read about a guy who had rejected the COVID vaccine because he was vegan. And obviously one of the issues is that va- things we found about is medicine is often tested on animals, isn't it? That's and right. If you were to be completely vegan and live a completely vegan lifestyle, you wouldn't take any medicine. But as Michelle said, when we interviewed her, if you have to, then you, you probably have to. But he rejected the vaccine and then he died of COVID. I know. How bad's that? Really bad. There was a quote on the Vegan Society website where it was saying it's better for you to take your medicine, hoping that it hasn't been or tested on animals, than be a dead vegan. So that was their own word and on their own website. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty uh, pretty grim. Um, a bit, bit sombering. <clears throat> sobering. Not sombering, sobering. In happier vegan news, there's something that has been lobbied for quite a while, which is finally coming to fruition, is that a vegan baby bell cheese is coming and it's coming out on the 1st of January, 2022. Oh, I found, I said in the pod, one of my hardest things was going to be cutting out cheese because I have cheese sandwiches most days. I found vegan cheese was fine, but uh, you know, I don't care too much about food. So I didn't, you know, I was eating it thinking oh, it tastes <laughs> like normal cheese. <laughs> the difference with this one. So, you know, that is, is a completely plant-based cheese. It's going to come in a green wrapper. So it'll be okay. in green, green wax rather than in, um, yeah, the, the red wax that you have. So I guess that sort of ticks off veganism and cheese that we did earlier on this series. And sticking with like lifestyle changes, what about Eat That Frog? We did an episode about a book called Eat That Frog, didn't we? Yeah. And very, very simply, the theory is, you know, if you've got a whole load of list of jobs to do, whichever one is your hardest one, that's your frog. Just crack on with that. If you've got a or as I say, if you've absolutely got to eat a frog, it's going to do you no good looking at it. That's right. Get on and get on and do it. And um, I found that genuinely um, at work and 
my gran even told me that she does it now as well. You know, what is it I've got to do? Right, I list this and then I'm going to eat out from just get it done. <laughs> but you, you've been, you've had an experience of using this away from work and more professional things, haven't you? You've, you, you've used it in more of a recreational form as well. Yeah, me and my wife went out drinking for the first time in a long time, um, <laughs> COVID secure style. But we found ourselves with a whole load of drinks on the table that friends had bought us. You know, when you go to Weatherspoons, you can just tell people what table you're sitting at and then they send you drinks. Well, we ended up with loads of drinks. <laughs> and uh, she she wanted to to not drink them. And I said, well, I have to. I said, right, which one's your frog? And it was the whiskey shot. <laughs> so she asked my frog, well, let's get that gone first then. So then that disappears and then you're left with four drinks. Right, which one of these is your frog? You know, you just, yeah. I, honestly, I find it really useful. Eat that frog. A girl at work told me she was she had loads of work to do and she was going to go and eat that toad. Oh, nearly. Yeah, I said, close enough. I understand the sentiment. So you go and eat that toad, but it should be frog. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, so um, away from lifestyle changes, although I guess the internet is pretty much in everybody's life at the, you know, now. Any updates on the internet, Ollie? Since, yeah. I mean, the internet is pretty standard, isn't it? Isn't it the same thing it's always been? Or is anything going to change? No, there's something they're talking about called Web3 or Web 3.0, which is the World Wide Web that incorporates decentralization and is based on blockchains. Oh, like our cryptocurrency episode. Yeah, it did make me think about that. So the blockchain is super secure and it involves everybody working on it at the same time. And I think the theory being if they can somehow link that to the Internet, it would make like websites and things much safer. So I think it's going to be run with Ethereum, isn't it? And they're going to use, so you use the population, everybody who's in it, they all sign off on transactions and stuff, and then they get paid in Ethereum for doing so. But what it means is that all the websites will be secure. Um, and well, also the other thing is that the the web that we're in at the moment is it's controlled by a few of the big tech companies, like the tech giants. So Google, yep. obviously Meta, which was Facebook, and their search engines they're, they're the things that sort of pull it together. So when we were talking about cryptocurrency, we said that there were banks that looked yeah. after money in a central place. It's almost like Google and Meta look after things in a central place. Whereas Web3, the idea is that it would be decentralized. It will be pushed out everywhere and everybody sort of contributing to the running of it will, will then make it, as you say, run more efficiently, more secure and not share as much information but it's a bit you know it's sort of a proposal at this point i'm not sure it's it's too far along the the line of becoming real but you know if if it ever does maybe it'll become a topic but we managed to bumble through cryptocurrency quite well so we might be able to do that one if If you do want to learn a little bit about blockchains definitely go back and listen to our our cryptocurrency one from series one because we i think we quite nicely explain what blockchain is in there it's our it's our most downloaded episode by absolutely miles. Yep, uh, cryptocurrency. Um, so, all right, just one more thing. I found some updates on though. It was boxing. Boxing is pretty like it's pretty fluid, isn't it? Like it keeps changing. Things yep. keep happening in boxing. Obviously, firstly, we interviewed Dave Caldwell, didn't we? Just before Tyson Fury's third fight with Jonte Wilder. Yes, he predicted the Fury would win. Fury did win. Um, in a hell of a fight. Um, you know, we said we are boxing fans. It was awesome if you you know give that a watch if you've not watched it but yeah that happened so much so about that fight is that it's linked to something we spoke about in the episode was ring magazine 
And from yeah. that fight, Tyson Fury got awarded the 2021 Fight of the Year and Round of the Year from that fight yeah. with with Wilder. So this the, the Ring magazine, this is where we were saying, and we were asking Dave Coldwell as well about, there's just so many belts that are out there at the moment. And it's it's confusing, even for people who have a little bit of an interest in boxing to get their head around all these different belts, which he agreed with. And um, yeah, so anyway, the Ring magazine is almost seen as like the Bible of boxing, isn't it? And they they started off and they hand out awards at the end of the year. And the Ring Magazine Champion of the Year was Canelo Alvarez, wasn't he? Yeah, which and, and we said in an episode that he's notorious for changing his weight, right? And we, we mentioned we talked and we talked to Dave about it as well, like um, weight gain, um, cutting weight and then putting back on rehydration, um, moving up weights and it being dangerous and things. Yeah, but get this. He's agreed or come out and said that he's going to fight at cruiserweight. Now, cruiserweight is the one behind heavyweight. So heavyweight is Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua and stuff like that. Cruiserweight, the limit is 200 pounds. In Alvarez's last fight, he was fighting at 168 pounds. Wow. Which means okay. he's, going to go up, he's going to go up more than two stone, like 15 kilos and fight wow. at heavyweight. How is he going to do that? Two stone. That is mad. Yeah, but he's going to do it within like five, you know, this is purported to be happening in May. I think he boxed in like autumn. So it must be six months or something. He's going to put on 15 kilos. Like, yeah, his last fight was Caleb Plant, very beginning of November. So does that, when we were talking with Dave Coldwell and saying about cutting weights and weights and stuff, that means that the cruiserweight could be quite heavy, but weigh in just under yeah. the the weight yeah. that he needs to weigh in, and then he could pile it all on within the next 24 hours. Yeah, he's got, he, apparently he's going to box a guy called Ilunga Makubu for the WBC Cruiserweight title. But if this Makubu guy walks around at 210 pounds, yeah. cuts 10 pounds so that he makes the limit, and then on fight night comes in with that 10 pounds back on again, he's now 210, boxing Alvarez, who struggled to get up in weight. That's This is what Dave was saying, isn't it? You end up yes. with two fighters who are mismatched, and it's dangerous, but... Well, talking about something that, that is dangerous, we were both reading about this, weren't we, that Russia is looking at bringing back the yeah. sport of bare-knuckle boxing and they're going to create yeah. a, an official department to oversee this because unofficial bouts have been taking place and there's a they've been funded by something called the Hardcore Fighting Federation, <laughs> which yeah. sounds pretty nuts, yeah. doesn't it? Um, and they, they, yeah. they, get, they get millions of viewers they get millions of viewers online and it's something that seems to be be growing underground. So they're, they're going to look at bringing yeah. it back. But we'd read, didn't we, that bare knuckle fighting was is actually thought to be safer than real boxing because when you box without your gloves on, you don't want to punch anybody's head because your head's <laughs> hard. So nobody aims for the head. Everybody aims for the body. <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't want to, yeah. don't punch someone's, someone's skull with your hand. It'll hurt. Hit the flabby bits. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see if that takes off again or, or what, but that was quite interesting. And just, just on that note, there was um, a study by Cardiff University about dementia and boxing. And they found that boxers who boxed as amateurs when they were younger are at a greater risk of dementia. Um, and they, they, this study's been going on for 35 years. Every wow. five years, they got a bunch of guys who, who did a lot of boxing when they were younger. And every five years, they ran some cognitive tests on them. And they found that, yeah, there's a higher chance of dementia, early onset dementia, of those who boxed. 
when they well, you can sort of see how and why that could be the case, but yeah, yeah, poor, poor chaps, yeah, for sure. Um, the bare knuckle boxing, I didn't realize, isn't illegal in the UK. Oh, okay, so it feels like it would be there, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it definitely feels like it should be, but apparently, it's yeah, it's just unregulated in the UK and it's it's not illegal. Wow, yeah, I'm not sure I'd want to have a go at that though, to be honest. No thanks. So that about sums up or wraps up our series, doesn't it? Series three. Um, we've had done some fantastic topics and um, done some fantastic interviews as well and been interviewed this series, which is great. We normally do a takeaway, but have you got like a, a couple of maybe series three takeaways? Like two things, like we've learned all these topics. What things are always going to be in your mind now every time somebody brings up the topic? Have you got anything that you could just rattle off? Yeah. Yeah, for me, maybe a, a couple of things would be, and this was super recent, this is only last week's episode, that for coffee, the beans come from yeah. like bright red cherries. They're the seeds, <laughs> bright red cherries. I had absolutely no idea about that. That was ever okay. going to be a thing um, with them. I loved the Nobel Prize where it came from a guy called Alfred Noble's Will, where he had read a false obituary, which was about his brother, but the newspaper put Alfred Noble as the obituary and was saying that it was good news that he was dead. He'd made a load of money from Dynamite and said, you know what, I'm going to try and get myself remembered for better reasons. Um, so I found that super interesting. And maybe one of them just around with cheese. I remember you and I talking and saying, we didn't know how to make cheese. And it turns out <laughs> it's from from the enzyme of a, of a sheep that then allows it to clot and turn it into the the curds and whey. Um, and it was discovered a flipping long time ago. Yeah, yeah. For me then, mind-boggling things. Um, number one, the internet. How does the internet work again, Ollie? <laughs> Cables. Cables? What the <laughs> hell? Cables? Everything's connected by cables. That's unbelievable. That's yeah. unbelievable. No way. Um, I've mentioned it at London Underground. I, I loved learning that the first London Underground trains, it was it's called Cut and Cover. So what they used to do, they just dug up the roads, built a tunnel in the in the hole they built, and then filled it back in. So the road is now exactly above the tunnel, and it, you know it means some of the underground, um, the metro line in London, for example, is really shallow, which is why you yep. tend to get a signal there. Veganism, I found that really straightforward to do. I don't eat a lot of fancy food, so that might have helped. But I, I thought as far as stuff, you know, really interesting this year. Who thought I'd go vegan? Like, yeah. off, off the back of it. Yeah. Crazy, right? Come on. There, yeah. There's a big one. Uh, there's a big one here that you're missing out that I've just realized as well on evolution. Oh, that we came from fish. <laughs> Explain that to me. Not a chance. We oh, even you... we even interviewed Prasanta and, and it doesn't make any sense. I, I, <laughs> I still don't get it. But how does trying fish... to him. Turn into a horse. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, but, yeah, that's pretty much sums up our series, doesn't it? So thank you. I guess, you know, I'll say it, but you can say it as well. Thank you to everybody who's listened, all series. Thousands and thousands of listens. It's really, really good. Really cool. I think we're getting some traction. Um, hopefully, everybody's, hopefully everybody's learning stuff. That's the whole point. We're learning stuff. And hopefully, people are learning it with us. And hopefully people listen as well. Yeah, thank you to everybody who, who does listen. Hopefully people can hear that 
Liam and I really enjoy doing this and it's it's good fun for us as well so um, yeah hopefully that that comes across we would love you all to keep in contact with us we get so many good messages people asking questions or just replying to the stories that we're putting up on Instagram whatever it might be but yeah please do get in contact with us at two guys one topic on Twitter Instagram or Facebook we always love hearing from people and if you've got any future topic suggestions just let us know Now get out there and share some Two Guys, One Topic Series 3 knowledge.